This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Best of the rest. How are things going on your end? Well, I just finished today reading, um, what was it? Oh, the Terry Moore book that he found 25 of, <laughs> and then he sold out. Oh, the uh, How to Draw? Yeah, How to Draw, even though I don't know how to draw. Yeah, well, I do, some. I got that and I finished reading, it's like, it's like son of a bitch. Now I got to go find that Strangers in Par- uh, Paradise omnibus, and so I'm looking and you know, first editions of that are like for like eight, nine hundred dollars on the bay. Yes, I do. And it's like I don't want to reprint. Darn it! Ever the collector you are. So well, well, at least it's an Omni. I usually don't even do that. I try to get the individual issues. True. You talk about the hardcover Omni, right? Yes, hardcover. Like there's, I think it was like what was it, 107 issues? If, if you put all the volumes together, so. Trying to find all the single issues would be a hunt. Well, your best bet would be to just wait, follow him around and go to Wakan and wait for that woman to show up that has everything in her three suitcases. <laughs> then, you know, bash her over the head and take them. Well, there you go. Let's go. Well, she's not going to bring them back. She's already got them signed. Well, she may want them signed again. Maybe have his wife sign him? Yes. <laughs> so, yes, we're going on, what, uh, over two months since C2E2, and I still haven't gotten over that. It's yet. been more than two months, hasn't it? End of February. I know. Well, it seems like a long time ago. You mean you mean the only con of the 2020? Yes, the last big con for certain. <laughs> Although I was reading or saw something the other day. Heroes Con still hasn't officially postponed yet. I don't think. Oh, I thought I thought I saw some stuff over the past couple of days they had. Oh, maybe I maybe I'm wrong. I haven't. I am so much trying to distance myself from news of any kind that I don't really look at anything. So I'm I'm even missing out on comic book news and how things are going. Uh well, we'll get comic books back at some point. So yes. So now that was a pretty enjoyable read. Now I'm all digging into Fi. Fi. I need to I need to figure out more Fi. Fi. Have you not read it yet? You got it before. You got it the day before I did, and you haven't read it. What are you talking about? Uh, the Terry Moore book, How to Draw. Oh yeah, I've got it. Have you read it? There's a difference. I have I read it. I actually had it on digital. I got it off of uh, Comicsology because it was real cheap. But I didn't have a printed copy. So, yes, I have read it some time ago, but I need to reread it. Well, there's that whole section he's got, well, where he's got, he talks about phi, which is basically the golden ratio. Right. Or the golden square. Right. So, I don't know. I'd forgotten about all that stuff, and now I need to dig into it some more because he was talking about how he does all his proportions like that, and that's how you make beautiful is phi. And then that's why he based, uh, Echo, which I think was his, was that the third story? The second. No, it was the second. It was a Strangers in Paradise, Echo, then Rachel Rising, then Motor Girl, and then we got Strangers in Paradise 25, and then five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Echo. So Echo is all based on that whole Phi stuff. And I didn't realize how much he had dove into that and everything. So now I'm just, now I want to go dive into the Phi. Well, yes. I mean, I studied a lot about it, yes, because that's been a concept in artwork and architecture for thousands of years. All of the Renaissance artists based their paintings on the golden ratio. I believe if it's the Acropolis, no, the Parthenon, that's on the Acropolis, I believe it is all based on the golden ratio. Like, if you look at the front of it, that rectangle is a golden rectangle. 
Yeah, I would explain exactly what that is, but I'm still... Well, it's based on Fibonacci numbers. Yeah, but I'm trying to... Well, no, I thought it was based on ratios and the Fibonacci numbers fall out of it. Yes, the ratio of the Fibonacci numbers. For our listener who may not be... Notice I used singular, our one listener, (laughs) who may not be aware of Fibonacci numbers. It's a concept in math where... The sum of two numbers increases the next number. So you have one, and then one, and then two, three, five, five eight, eight, thirteen, twenty-one, and it goes on and on. And if you get up to high enough, if you start dividing the numbers the lower number into the number, you get the same ratio, 1.625, something like that. I can't remember exact. So you get the same ratio. And you can, there's a rectangle that is based on that ratio where the length is, the width, the, the width is 1 and the length is 1.1625. I can't remember exactly. It goes way out. I mean, it's kind of a transcendental number. It's really not a fixed. It's irrational. It's irrational. So, and I, uh, I just see it by the ratio. So it's like you got, if you got the entire, if you got a line of length A, and you break it up such that the ratio. Oh crap! You see, this is where I'm just trying to picture it in my head because I've seen it two different ways. So you've got a line, and about two thirds way down the line, it's got is is a and then the rest of it's b but the but the spot where the a ends and b starts is such that the ratio of a of the entire length of the line compared to a is the same ratio as a to b and then you just keep subdividing so then you take b and you ratio it down and c and you need and so it's one of those things where it never approaches zero and you can just keep cutting it smaller but it's those ratios and it and it just shows up in nature everywhere and 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 I guess to get back into comics, that's what the whole point of Echoes based on is that somebody figures out. Because do you, do you know why we have base? Why all our uh, mathematics is base ten? Well, we have ten digits. Yes, exactly. It's ten fingers and ten digits. That's why we all our math is base ten, and why computers is binary because you just zeros and ones. So it's just whatever was convenient. So like if we had the six fingers, then we'd be doing base six. But anyway, so. But the whole point of Terry Moore's story and Echo is that somebody figures out that the universe is really all of nature is based on the mathematics on base phi. So then when you do all the mathematics on base phi, everything falls out and it all works perfectly together. It's almost like a grand unification theory when you realize it's all on base phi. Right. But, yes, I mean, the golden ratio is something it's just pretty amazing of how it crops up. Because the way you do that, you know, you take the, the phi rectangle. And then if you mark off a square, you have a sub-rectangle, like you said. Now that rectangle is also a phi rectangle, has the same ratios. Then you draw a square, you know, or mark off a square. Then that ratio, that a smaller rectangle is also, so you have the same ratio. Now if you were to draw an arc across the large, largest square from one corner to the opposite corner, you know, a perfect arc, and then drop, mark off another square and draw that another arc on that smaller square. Keep doing it. You get a spiral that is the same curvature as a nautilus shell. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the areas that they've found the golden ratio in nature. The other one was is with sunflowers. They have counted the number of seeds in the sunflowers. The number is a Fibonacci number, and the number of petals on a sunflower is a Fibonacci number. Yeah, and isn't the way the if you sit there and you somehow if you draw um what is it in the center of the sunflower, the seeds, the kernels or whatever? Yes. So, somehow if you look at that pattern you can draw a spiral in it that is the golden right. spiral ratio yes. too. Yes. The seeds are in a spiral number. But so you got that plus the the total number of seeds will be a Fibonacci number. It just falls out of nature everywhere. Yeah, it does. They even, um, I mean, I have, I have a, what's called a golden ratio divider that I used when I was, back when I was painting. It's, uh, has, f- you know, four, and actually has three pieces of wood that are separate so that you, no matter how wide or 
narrow push this this divider the distance between the three ends are the golden ratio 1 to 1.61 but that's that's what the number basic number is 1.61803398878 etc 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 uh, and then all I know is like Terry Moore, that's how he bases because he takes like a person in there, the whole length, and then all the different ratios of Fibonacci numbers is where landmarks on the body are, like where the eyes are to the to the head, you know, to the you know to the to the feet, to the hips, to the neck, to the elbows, and all that other stuff. And that's how you can figure out how to like if you look at something a figure and you can't figure out something looks off and you can't quite figure out what it is, it's probably because one of those proportions is off. Yes. (laughs) So. Yeah, that's amazing. Yet another reason why Terry Moore is absolutely greatness. (laughs) So. Oh, and then I guess we were, actually, I guess we were pulling a uh, Ronnie and an Aaron because we were like sending each other stuff to buy. Right. And, and I guess you got in your the other thing we bought that's art is the uh, the drawing beautiful women from Frank Cho. Yes. Studio edition. Yes. Very nice. I finally went through that today. Oh, that is a it is a beautiful book. I received it, but I haven't. Oh, you haven't opened up. You haven't taken it out of its heat shrinked plastic. Not yet. No. Uh I guess I'm becoming too much like uh, Dewan. You know, don't want to take anything out of the wrapper. No, I will eventually. But yeah, Cho's phenomenal. He's a great artist, and I'm I need to get into that because I love those kind of art books. And I've got a number of different ones that I've ordered over the years because there's always at least one good art book that features usually female drawings in previews every month. Well, there used mm-hmm. to be. Not anymore yeah. because there's no previews. When we're getting previews? Yes. Yeah, I haven't figured that out yet. So I know we're supposed to be getting stuff back, but what are we supposed to do with this current previews? I don't know. And the last that I heard from Eric at Carol Bungo, he wasn't clear on it either. So he did say that the Diamond had committed to shipping everything from the March previews, but I don't know that that's still the case. If they've closed down and they're not, you know, nobody's working in their warehouses. Yep. I so I guess there's comics languishing and uh warehouses out there that just need to get in people's hands to read. Oh the horror of it all. <laughs> yes. The horror. Well, so. it's interesting that you didn't mention start off with Terry Moore because since our last podcast I have binge read the entire Strangers in Paradise. Ooh. All uh, 2,000 blah, 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 some odd pages of it. No, do you recommend it? I do, yeah. So I read it before. Ah, okay. And But I haven't read it in several years. Oh, oh and, and just to kind of finish up on our Frank Cho thing there, so for our listeners to say, so this was from Flesk Publications, and the reason we ordered it, it's normally a $150 book, but they had a, they have it on sale on their website for $40, or was it $45? $45, so you can buy it directly off the Flesk, F-L-E-S-K, website. I don't know if they still got it here or not, but that's why I bought it. Yes. So. And then you found out they had an even better deal. Oh, yeah, where you got that, Ballpoint Beauties, and something else to go with it. But I already had Ballpoint Beauties. I did, too. Just not the signed edition that was in the package. But So, but anyway, so, yeah. That's that's where that, that art book came from, because uh, I think somebody mentioned it on Twitter. And that's where I found it, so. They may still have some out there. I highly recommend it. It's a, it's, ooh, it's beautiful. And it's a studio edition. So it's, I don't know, what do you think the measurements on that thing is? Oh, it's 15 by, God, it feels bigger than that. 15 by, I don't know. 11 by 15, maybe? 11 by 17? I don't know. I, something in that area. I don't know. Let me take a look at the invoice here. Maybe that's got it on it. <laughs> I doubt that it has. What? They don't typically give the dimensions of a book on the well, invoice, but I could be wrong. 
Hardcover with 16 bonus pages. Method Studio Edition, oversized. Uh, oh, and it was on. Oh, it was 40 bucks with five dollars shipping and handling. I tell you what, that was a sweet deal though. So, Very anyway, nice. so you're going back on Terry Moore. Yeah, and what started this was Aaron Bell getting Rachel Rising at C2E2 because he started reading it, and Ronnie kind of approached me or tweeted out that he and I ought to do a reread along with Aaron. And I started doing that, and then I kind of got to thinking, gosh, I haven't read a lot of this stuff in a while, so I decided to go back, and I'm going to reread all of Terry Moore's Irv, Strangers in Paradise, Echo, Rachel Rising, Motor Girl, Strangers in Paradise, 25 and 5 years. Yeah, well, some of that's going to take longer than others. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Rachel Rising's quite a few issues. It's not as much as Strangers in Paradise. Echo is somewhat lengthy. Motor Girls, what, 10 issues. Strangers in Paradise 25 is 10 issues. And 5 years is 10 issues. So, it will take a while. But I probably won't read it as fast as I did Strangers in Paradise. I just wanted to get through it. Just get through it? Well, I what? wanted to not get through it. But, I mean, I wanted to read it. In other words, I put all my other reading to the side. Read no other comics or no, any other wait a type second. of reading. Were, were there other comics to read? Well, yes. I've got plenty of stuff to read. I'm behind well, on a lot of things. You don't keep up with current? Oh. No, I don't. I don't. You, are you turning into a mood reader? You get a bunch of comics and you just read it when the mood strikes you? To a degree, yeah. I'm more so that way here the last six to eight months. Uh, no, I, it, in fact, I'm actually, between that, the mood reading, and temporary cessation of comic book, I'm rethinking how I want to start go buying going forward. And I'm very much considering cutting way back on the comics I buy in single issue and then just wait for either trades or pref- preferably hardcovers. And focus mostly my single issues buying on collectibles. I haven't decided to pull the trigger and go that way yet, but I'm strongly considering it. And I know, I know Ronnie is too. He's been doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. But he buys a lot of single issues on digital. <clears throat> I know. I know. So. It, I you know what? If they didn't cost the same as print, I guess that's my thing. They cost the same as print. Actually, they cost more than print. Oh, they do now? Ugh. Well, not cover price, but you don't get 35, 40, or 45% discounts off of digital like you do print through Calabunga. So it's a lot cheaper to buy your comics print. Yeah, you just got to find somewhere. Shipping. You just got to find somewhere for them. Well, that's, that is the case. Hmm. So... You were, weren't you redoing some of your box? No, no, I guess it's just, it's Ronnie. I'm confusing him. Yeah, Ronnie still hasn't figured out how to sort. Right, well. I know how to sort. He knows how to sort, he just refuses to do it the correct way. (laughs) I'm actually thinking about getting stuff, starting to get stuff bound. That's something I thought about too in the past. That's not a bad idea, especially on things you know are not going to be significant value. But that you uh, that have sentimental or personal value. Right. And I'm trying to remember who did that a few years ago. Maybe, I think it was Kent, Matt Kent. No, no, it was Lemire. Jeff Lemire did that. Because I remember him putting something out on Facebook. That's back when I was on Facebook. And there are a couple of... Uh, Binderies that will work on it do that for you. You send them to them, and well, the big one I see is Omaha, Omaha bound. Yeah, so. that's probably the primary one. And because the nice thing is, if you do that, it moves from your long box to your bookshelf. Right. Exactly. Which is the main reason I think that I know it's one of the primary reasons that Aaron collects hardcovers. He likes them on a shelf, so. Not a bookcase, you know, or bookcase. Not not a you know things in a long box. So 
<laughs> I will no, probably. I will say a, sh- a shelf is not a bookcase. A shelf is not a bookcase. No, but bookcase has bookshelves. I will admit that. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I've I've thought about that too. Just haven't done it recently. Right now is not a good time to have that done, at least for me. Well, there's just I'm, it's just getting over that. I guess that. I mean, once you bind your comics, you can't get them back again. That's true. Yes. But then they're bound. And you have your own hardcover. Well, it wasn't that they, they were talking about doing that with Black Eyed Kids from Aftershock. Yeah. So, but you know, I'm wondering, you know what I was wondering? I was wondering if that would be a way to package comics for easier sell on like eBay or, or in the secondary market if you have them bound. Certain things, certain things. Certain things, right. I mean, you're still going to have the collectors, all they want are the singles. You don't want to bind anything that would destroy a big value. Well, does it? If you bind it, does it destroy the value? I think so. How much do you think you could get for your uh, Batman 457 second print newsstand (laughs) if you bound that with all a bunch of other books? Well, I guess it depends on how you bind it. What if you bound them intact? All right, so you go... Because normally I think I've seen them where they, they pull the staples and they pull the covers from them and then they bind everything like that. So in order for it to still be the newsstand, it still would have to be matched with the cover. Yes. Because the comic itself, the Indicia, would say second printing. True. But And usually on a lot of stuff they keep... Some of the covers in there, so. Do they? I didn't think they did. Eh, it all depends on what you want to do. But still, when you bound it, and I know what Omaha does, they use sewing. They sew bind it. They don't glue it. So they use what's called Smith sewn binding. So now you're going to have your pages sewn through. Will that be considered defacing it? Will that reduce its value? <sighs> well, let's see. If we do this quick eBay so there's a bound, custom-bound books from Jerry Lewis Estate, Wonder Woman, and six more. So it's $450. But is that because it's from the Jerry Lewis Estate? <laughs> Probably. Or that it has a Wonder Woman 6. So I'm trying to think of, okay, so here's, oh, there's someone where they've got bounded newspaper comic strips. And somebody's wanting $300 for it from 1972-73 Sunday strips. Hmm. All right, so here's where somebody's custom-bound some Batman books. Uh, year 3, Penguin, Joker. Okay, so maybe it was just a year 3? That that wasn't that many issues. Oh, that looks pretty thick, and they've bound it, and they're, the starting bid's $25. What's the uh, – oh, so it's Batman 436 through 439, De- Detective 610, 611, 612, A Lonely Place of Dying, which is four issues. No, I don't know about four issues. Then it's got Batman 448, 449, Detective Comics 615. Okay, uh, actually, let me see. It's uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 19, 20, 25. That's usually what I see. That Usually the minimum best. So this has got 25 comics in it. Right. And this one does actually have a Batman 457 in it. Yes, but second print newsstand, is it? Oh, that I can't tell you. See, that's... I wouldn't have a problem doing that with one of the ones that don't have any value, but your second print newsstand that you... Well, I guess here's the thing. Graded and slabbed? Well, here's the thing. They're starting to bid off at $25, so... You know, that's at a dollar a book, and that didn't even include what it cost to bound it, so they're already like... $75 in the hole. So. I don't know. I mean, it's really academic as far as I'm concerned, because if I got them bound, I wouldn't be looking to sell them. That is something I thought about a lot a couple years ago, and I, I put it aside, and I said, right now, from a financial, practical standpoint, it's not something I need to be doing. Ah, here's one for you. The Star Wars... Dark Empire Trilogy, custom-bound hardcover, signed and sketched by Dave Dorman. Mm-hmm. $1,400 or best offer? 
All right, so that makes it 1400 Did he sign it? I guess. I don't know. I don't know anything about that series. All right, so here's a bound, one that's got the uh, Marvel Spotlight 2 first, wer- first Werewolf by Night. And it's at $100. You know, maybe it depends on what's in it. And it looks like a bunch of these where they just put the comic in there and they bound it. They didn't. They didn't take the covers off or anything. So now you're getting into some stuff where they're running around a hundred bucks. So it looks like they're doing like a dollar an issue and then adding the the binding fee for it. Oh, somebody bound an entire Sandman from one to seventy five, and they're wanting like six hundred dollars for it. Yeah, so they did. Somebody also bound all sixty issues of Why the Last Man. And they want 250 for it. Oh, man. I wouldn't have done that to Y, but <laughs> to each his own. But so, there you go. See, that's, what, what, what are you going to have? Are you going to have all your X-Men bound? Is that what you're wanting? Oh, hell no. Oh, See? hell okay. no. See? So, I mean, exactly what part of your collection would you have bound? Uh, Well, I've got a nice collection that I enjoy of, um... The Mice Templar, but I don't like it taking up, and I was thinking about getting rid of it because it's just taking up space, but you know what? I wouldn't mind having that bound and sitting on the shelf. Now, it could go up in value because uh, if Mouse Guard, so Boom Studios just got some deals where they get first pick from Netflix, right? And Mouse Guard's what everybody's talking about. And the Mouse, Mouse Templar kind of falls into that same realm where you've got medieval mice, you got anthropomorphic mice in a medieval setting. <laughs> right. So, then I actually enjoyed that series and all that, but, you know, if it was bound, I might actually read it again, but as singles right now, I'm probably not. So, you know, that's that conundrum. I enjoy getting singles, but 90% of them, I'll never go back and read again. Or if it was in hardcover, you know, I might. So, I can see that side of the argument. Yes, and that is easier to do, to go pull a book off a shelf and flip through it. And... No, yeah, you don't have to take, you don't have to go find it in your collection. You don't have to take it out of its bags and boards. You don't have to be careful with it to go back in. So, I just, it's like the price point for binding. It's like seventy five dollars for. Well, you know what? I guess though. I guess that's I guess that's where I gotta find out. Is that seventy five dollars set? So if you send them two hundred books to bind, and it's like twenty five books into a binding, so let's say that would be eight books. Is that the seventy five bucks, or is it seventy five bucks for each individual binding you have to get out of that lot? I don't know. It's been too long since I looked. I do remom- remember, if my memory serves, that it's more cost effective if you have a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, going sending 30 comics up there to have them bound, which I think there's a minimum that they do anyway. I don't know what it is. But it's going to be, the cost per book is going to be a lot less if you send 300 comic books as opposed to 50, 75, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, I was sitting there thinking about doing that, and I was, you know, I was thinking about doing that with that, and I was thinking about taking a lot of my aftershock and doing that, and, you know, kind of grouping them together. I don't know in genre or whatever, right? Because, because you know, I got a bunch of the aftershock where it's just a five issues series, but you know, you could take five or six series of the same, you know, kind of make your own anthology hardcover. Right. Be nice. So I'm serious. You know, that's where I. That's what I was seriously debating doing that with that that, and then doing it with the uh, aftershock stuff I've got. But not my animosity or the things where they're ongoing. Right. And I have also come a come into possession of some really uh, reader copies of um, uh, Tomb of Dracula. Well, you know, where I got them for like a quarter or a 50 cent each, where you know where all the covers are. Be- That's where I see the, the value in binding. You can get these issues that are coverless or torn covers and everything, but the interiors are all still good. Then bind them up, and then they can take, they can just download the artwork off the net, put it on the, 
put it on the cover if you want it on the cover. Or it's just leather. And now you've got these quarter or 50 cent books in this nice hardcover format. Nice. And that's kind of where I was thinking of going. So, and it's like I said, I got that world, uh, not werewolf by night, uh, tomb of Dracula. So like the expensive issue and that's number 10. It's been reprinted. So when you got the expensive issue in there, you just throw in the reprint. Mm-hmm. Now I won't have that sweet, sweet smell and feel of that, uh, Early seventies newsprint though, the re- the, re- the reprint won't. That's the one thing though. So. Yes, that is something, I, and I know I will do it at some point. A question on what and when. Well, my X Men is not getting bound. That's for sure. Well, no, you wouldn't want. To, I knew there was. I knew <laughs> that there was something you would not. Do. Touch. Just like a, there's some a Batman stuff, I wouldn't know. Oh, you know what'd be also interesting to get bound? Those uh, Walmart 100 page giants from DC. Yeah, those know. would be interesting to get bound. And I know they will also do trade paperbacks as well. They will take the covers off the trade paperback, but they do give you a warning that there will be some loss because they do have to trim. Like one thirty second of an inch off the left hand side of the page because it's glue bound. Yeah, that's the one thing. It's glue bound, so you would have to do that. <laughs> so, but they will take the covers off, and they will they will buy. So, if you wanted, so you had all of the uh, the old V V E I I don't know Archer and Armstrong trades, and you wanted those bound into hard covers, they'll do those as well. Like I say, you, you you'll lose, but. One thirty second of an inch, or one sixteenth of an inch, is not a lot. You're really not gonna. It's not gonna go in into the artwork too terribly much. I don't wouldn't think, but I don't know. I'd like to figure out some way where you could take the book. Say you just take the books and you open it up on the centerfold where the, the staple is, and you just kind of have a th- strong thread, and you just bind it to some kind of base and you just do that for all the issues so you kind of preserve them but then you kind of right. put them into the hardback sounds feasible at least oh, you know what? I might have to play with that <laughs> project I wonder if I could uh, go to Hobby Lobby buy the supplies yes make my own binding well if Hobby Lobby is open I don't even know if they're open if they're considered a central business uh, some people they are well, yeah. <laughs> My wife, your wife, would consider that to be more central than oh, yeah. I would. Yes, we would. So, and I probably wouldn't hobby lobby it. So, I'd probably like somehow Bass Pro shop it. <laughs> yes, indeed. <clears throat> so, what else you got going on? Well, another thing, comic related. And I haven't participated in it as much as you guys have. Are all the creator auctions that are going on right now? Creators are auctioning off things in order to help local comic shops because there's been some several funds set up, groups that will give money to local comic shops, and a lot of creators are auctioning off things. And I know that you and Aaron and Ronnie have been heavily posting things on the Discord channel about it. Well, I was doing some... I never did bid on anything. Really? But and I think all that ended like last week, and I haven't really seen any new ones. The only thing I think I've seen still going on was the Jim Lee... He was going to do, was it 30 sketches in 30 days or 60 sketches in 60 days? I forget what it is, but everything he puts out there goes for about 10 grand. Um, Sounds interesting. I would seriously question... Jim Lee could do 30 sketches in 30 days. I do, too. 30 so sketches to... in 300 days, maybe. Um, it had to have been some stuff he had already in I was his gonna say, portfolio. Because he could never sit down and find the, or make the time to do a sketch a day. Well, no. Well, if he doesn't have to go into work right now, maybe he's got all that free time to draw. Well, I'm sure he's still doing something. Not sure what, but... Well, isn't he the sole publisher now? Yeah. They never. They decided not to replace DiDio, so he is the sole publisher of DC Comics. Which I mean, I'm curious of what that entitles. 
Or entails. That's a better word. Entails. I don't know. I mean, at one point, I, I know this is way out of date now, but DiDio and Lee were the co-publishers, but well, that's uh, not like an Jeff editor. Johns just... was, yeah, Jeff Johns was the chief creative officer. No, it's not. It's not editor. No, it's not editors at all. They have exactly what that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the overall drive of it. Like I know that uh, the DC Rebirth was, I believe it was DiDio's idea originally. So I mean, I'm not sure they come up with a lot of that as far as what. So it's probably high level directions of the comic. Which, if that's the case, then yeah, then they haven't had a very good record over the last <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> and it's funny listening to Eric of Calabunga on these other podcasts. He's done interviews on several podcasts. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, Eric, to say that you uh, is not terribly happy with DC Comics over the past year or so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Well, I mean, they've done, you know, canceling the... Uh, collected editions that they've already solicited and then coming back and canceling them. That's really cost retailers a lot of money and headache. And, yeah. Uh, but you know what? If you got those old issues and you bound them, then you'd, you'd have the hardcovers. Well, that's true. That's true, of course. <laughs> Speaking of Calabunga, I did order a couple things through their new web store. Ooh, I haven't been on there in a while. I got it a bunch of stuff. Uh, I don't know if they've added. It, that's been a couple of weeks ago since I made the order. I I ordered uh, Batman. My lights? No, no. I ordered uh, two books from them. So. Hard book, hard, hard covers? Yeah. Batman what, 66, what Volume 1. Uh, Batman Gothic by Grant Morrison. Was that in a regular run or was that a miniseries? Uh, it was in a miniseries. Yeah, hey, okay. I'm trying to remember it. Was that in the 90s? Ugh. Right now, the 90s and the 2000s are starting to run together for me. <laughs> um, Pretty much the whole last 58 years are starting to run together for me. So. <laughs> well, so those last five years of the 90s and the first five years of the 2000s, I just kind of like lumped together now. Right. Yeah, it does. As you get older. So. Oh. Well, I saw where you put out a uh, request for questions. Did you get any questions? I got one. It was pretty much a smart-ass one, but. Oh, well, that sounds like a, that sounds like a Ronnie question. It, no, it wasn't. It was a Michael Sparkman question, as a matter of fact. Uh, what it entailed. Okay, Thursday. I, yeah. Okay. I need a little background here for people oh. who aren't familiar. You know, we have this Discord channel where all of the nerdy legion podcasters and select group of friends communicate and it's become somewhat uh, regular over the last few weeks especially since we've all been in a lockdown people are posting pictures of food that they get through takeout or yeah because none of us can go out right we're living vicariously through each other yes and a lot of it's done to you know kind of egg one another on like Ronnie talks about, you know, can't get good Chinese food or... Well, apparently he did last night. He did last night, yes. But So somebody will get Chinese food and post a picture of it just to yank his chain. Well, I posted a picture on Thursday of a sub sandwich that I got from a small local place. And Aaron Bell immediately jumped all over it as being having the wrong kind of bread. Well, it's not really a sub. It's not really a sub. And now I can't say anything against it because everyone knows how vehement I am on the correct way to make chili, which is without beans, never beans and chili. No, never. So anyway, he asked me what kind of, or I asked him what was the proper kind of bread. He never did really answer. Ronnie, or Michael's question that he wanted me to answer was exactly what type of bread was on that sub sandwich. <laughs> and Sparky, it was Italian bread. What made it Italian? Uh, there's a certain way they make it, and it had, like, dried, I think, oregano and spices on top of the breads. 
Uh, kind of like Italian wedding suit. I yes. don't know what makes it Italian, but it's <laughs> it's just... Well, that's what they call it. It was either Italian or wheat, and I chose Italian. So, uh-huh. there. so that's the only question that we got. Is it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Unless I missed some. Let me see here. Go check Twitter. Oh, you don't constantly have Twitter just feeding into your eyeballs? No, I don't. Now, here's one from Aaron. What are your favorite titles from a blaze? And why are they kids and gung-ho? Mm, well, I'll, I will correct that. The correct, the correct ones are uh, The Sumerian and Unsacred. Right. And if you're talking about those two, if, if you're talking about those two, those are the favorite titles. The Unsacred because it's uh, Murka and Dolfo, and I just have really fallen in love with her art over the past year. And I actually got a little sketch from her at a very reasonable price at C2E2, the only con of the year. And then um, that was Unsacred. And then the Sumerian is just, it's a, well, they can't say Conan because, oh, you know what? And this has come up, and I think we talked about it briefly, and I've heard other people talking about this comic and specifically. It's like, how can a Blaze do Conan when Conan's with Marvel? And if you'll notice, they weren't doing comics on Conan. They were doing comics on the Robert E. Howard stories. And the stories themselves have become um, – what's the term? General – not general use. Uh, public. Um, right. I can't think of what it is. Public domain. Right? Because we were having that conversation with Eric at Cowabunga when we were up there, and he was talking about where Action Comics number one is coming into the public domain. So people – you could – any, at that point, anybody can do a comic or some kind of something with action comics, but you still can't do Superman. Right. Which I'm still trying to figure that out, but apparently that's what it all falls under. Because I guess everything from the 30s, what is that? So if we're in the, tw- we're at 90 years, well, are we at 90 years or 80 years? Close. 80 years. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's when stuff, the patents or copyright falls off. So that should be interesting because now you've getting all these golden age stories which are going to be falling out of or falling in public domain, not the characters but the stories. Right. So that should make some sort of some interesting times over the next few years. But but anyway, getting back to a blaze. So the Sumerians interesting because they do the story and then at the end they because it was all pulps they reprint it so you can read it the story in the comic and then you can actually read it as a you know word for word from the pulp. Mm-hmm. So, and they make it a little bit more, uh, I don't want to use the word adult, but they don't take any of the sex or violence out of these, these comics. Right. <laughs> um, okay. I haven't yet to read any of Blaze. I was going to get gung-ho, and then all this came along, and I decided, well, I'll wait until post-COVID world comes along. Yeah. Um, oh, I do see a question from Ronnie. Okay. So, what are your guys' target books to finish collecting at the moment? And once that is done, do you have another run you'd like to finish? I don't have... What? what? There's no Batman you're trying to get? Yes. Uh, okay, the one that I'm closest on, then, is uh, Shadow of the Bat. Well, for me, I am trying to finish off my X-Men run. So... So I'm doing that, but I'm also trying to finish off a new mutant run. So I like about, I think, 12 issues finishing off a new mutant run. And then I'm trying to finish off my Marvel Star, 70s, 80s Marvel Star Wars run. And I think I like about eight issues of that. Um, and I'm doing a Daredevil Frank Miller run, the first, his first run on Daredevil. And I like two issues of that that I just need to suck up and just go find and buy. Right. And my entire VH1 run, all I need is really some gold books. So I don't know if that really counts for runs, because I got every issue. It's just I want some some of the gold ones I don't have. Now, I am probably going to be, I think I'm getting close now to finishing getting my All-Star Batman and Robin. You've got all the issues. You just want all the different covers. Yeah, I've got, yeah, I've got all the issues. I just don't have all the, there was... They put out one main issue, one main cover, which is Jim Lee, and then 
most of the variants were uh, Frank Miller, but there was one Frank Quitely. But I did not have the A cover for issue 8, and Ronnie found that in his mother load that he got here a few weeks ago. Oh, his comic windfall? Yeah, his comic windfall. So <laughs> he's got that, the A cover, that I told him if he didn't want, and he said he would put that aside for me. So I'm getting close to having that. How many issues of that actually came out? Uh, 11. Was it 11? No, 10. I I know it just stopped and they were supposed to get back to it and never did. And I think, yeah, in issue 10 is also got an error where the the curse words weren't properly uh, redacted. Exactly. And I don't have those. Those are hard to find. Because that was a recalled (laughs) edition where they uh, they were supposed to supposed to be look like the curse words were marked over with a pen. And on some of the issues, on the first one one printing, the words bled through. You could see them through the marking. So those were all recalled, but not before, of course, before a number of them were sold. So I don't have those. Um, those would be nice to have. I'm sure they're quite rare and will cost you quite a pretty penny for them. So. Yeah, I can't remember what they cost or whatever, but so, but I just know they're out there. How, was there a part B to that? What are we gonna collect next after we get? Yeah, well, you know, I don't. Yeah, there was a. What are you gonna collect? Now? I don't know. I got five series I'm act- actively working on. So, but I could theoretically finish them all in the next few years. Actually, I could finish all of them except the the, the X Men one here, and and probably like. 60 to 90 days if I really put my mind to it. It's the it's the X-Men one for me. After that, I keep, you know what I keep dabbling and thinking about getting the run in? Uh, Legion of Superheroes. But some of those issues going back are way expensive. Yeah. I love me some, I love me some like mid to late 60s Legion of Superheroes. Nice. I don't know what I'll be next. Maybe, well, I guess I would still focus on Legends of the Dark Knight, which I think I misspoke earlier. I think I said Tales of the Dark Knight. It's Legends of the Dark Knight that I'm going to get. And I wouldn't actually call this a run, because when it comes to Batman and Detective Comics, I know I'm never going to have the complete run of all that. What I tend to focus on there more often is artists and covers because like you know i got all the uh, i wanted all the detective comics and batman that had norm brafo which you helped me tremendously get now i would like to get all of the uh kelly jones cover books Ooh, that's all the nightfall stuff yeah in that era right yeah was he doing stuff before then uh he may have done it a little a little bit before but not much so Ooh, and if you get the nightfall stuff does that mean you're going to get like the first prints second prints third prints fourth prints all the different prints? <laughs> Probably not all the different prints. I mean, well, come on. If you're going to go OCD, you got to go fully OCD. Okay, all right. You taught me into it. I want to get all the prints. So <laughs> that's something I'll focus on too. I love uh, Kelly Jones. I still have two more questions from Aaron that we haven't gotten to. Also, oh, there are. Yeah. Any thoughts on the Comicsology original titles? I'll answer that right quickly. No, none. <laughs> I haven't read any of them. Yep. I think you got to have Comixology to be able to read Comixology originals, right? Yep. All right. Well, there you go. Um, because that's digital comics, right? Yeah. Digital. At least digital first. At one point, you could, I think you could order print on demand, but I think they stopped that. I'm not sure. And his other question is, favorite character use in five years? The Terry Moore series, five years. Char- favorite character use? Use, yeah. How am I supposed to interpret that question? <laughs> I knew you would overthink this. Um, I don't know. Which character do you think is best used in five years? Oh, in five years? Oh, it's no doubt it's Zoe. Yeah. You just drop her into Russia and just turn her loose. I was going to say Zoe, but also I like Tambi. There's just something about Tambi you can't dislike. Yeah, but you don't see her that much. Well, I know. That's true. Now, for comedic purposes, my favorite character is Aunt Libby. 
<laughs> I just love her. She was so damn funny. She was funny in uh, Motor Girl. in Paradise and in Motor Girl. Oh yeah, she she originated in uh, Strangers in Paradise. She's been around for quite a few years. Ah, that takes me back. I got then I gotta find a hardcover. Guess I'm gonna have to settle for a second or a third print. Oh my gosh, you're lowering your standards, Dennis. No, I'm lowering my price points. What I'm doing. <laughs> well, that's... I can't I can't pull up like an Aaron Bell and like find thirty two hundred two three hundred dollar hardcovers for thirty seven dollars at cons. Yeah, no, that's pretty rare for that to come along. So no more questions. I guess everybody else is off the Twitterverse. Or they don't care. Um, which is or they just don't care. Yeah, yeah. Our one listener sent us our uh, questions. Yes. Oh, two. We had questions from Ronnie and Aaron. There you go. So what do you got coming up in this comic-free next couple of weeks? I don't know. I need to... I need to go back and read, because a lot of the stuff I have, current series that I've gotten behind on, as I've been, say, I suspended all of the reading while I was doing Strangers in Paradise. So I've got some of the Marvel stuff, like the new X-Men, Excalibur titles that I've got. I'm behind on the Daredevil. I'm behind on... Yeah, I was too, and I, I read like seven issues earlier this week, and I'm still like, I think, five issues behind. I've got to catch up on Batman and the Outsiders, the Batman's Grave. I'm behind on those. Ah, I dropped off of Batman and the Outsiders. It just wasn't keeping me in. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, Catwoman I'm also behind on, and I was enjoying that as well. So probably try to catch up on some of those will be my goal for the next couple weeks. Yeah, I got I got to finish reading American Carnage. From the now defunct Vertigo and The Warning from Image. I still gotta read, I got like 10 issues of that. Uh, and you know, once I do that, I think I'm caught up on all my floppies. Except for Daredevil. Oh, I've got some into indies stuff that I'm behind on too. I got a few, few issues behind on Wasted Space. Whoa, 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 whoa. How can you get behind on that? That goes like almost to the top of my list whenever that comes out. I'm ashamed to admit it, but I have, so. I still gotta read Drawing Blood. I got that off of, um. Was that Eastman? Or was that Lar? I forget which one it was. But, um, I got that off his Kickstarter, one of the few Kickstarters I've done, and I need to read that trade. At some point, you know what? I still haven't read that uh, that mind management, uh, the one with the record that Matt Kent did like a year or two ago. I still haven't done. I still haven't done that one yet. I'm still sitting here in the shrink wrap. Oh, and something else that I am a little bit chagrined to say that I've not read. Ronnie kind of reminded me of it. Is Stray Bullets, David Lapham. <sighs> Uh, you know, I always thought about doing that, but I, mm, it just the description never caught, caught grabbed my attention. Well, I'm going to read the first because you can get the volume one on on Comicsology Unlimited. And since I still have that, I can get it for no cost. So I mean, I'm going to download that and try to read it, see how it intrigues me. Yeah. You know what I might also do? I might also take my bookshelf and just randomly put books everywhere so there's nothing that's left. No two books of the same height are beside each other. <laughs> and then take a picture and send it to Aaron. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because while I – most things I like neat, but for some reason I love chaotic bookshelves. Yeah. Same height. That doesn't bother me. And I'm somewhat OCD on things, but yeah. Or, you know, take – Several books, like I've got the uh, the Dark Knight Returns and Deluxe Hardcover. It's four volumes, mm-hmm. so I, I can put those in the wrong order in the slipcase. Take a picture of that. Take a picture of the spines and send that to Aaron. <laughs> uh, I don't know. To me, bookshelves are supposed to be chaotic, I agree. and then everything else is supposed to be organized and neat. I tend to agree with you on that. Ooh, you know, and another thing, so. Oh, Ronnie's talking about runs. I did just free, I just did recently complete my run of Dragonlance D&D modules. I liked one from back in the day and I finally 
found it and got it. So I did complete that. Nice. And so and so it's like, hmm, now do I want to go collect older D&D modules? Have you got any more, done anything more with your uh, Monty Python cards? Uh, other than put them in my three-ring binder with my ones I bought 20-something years ago and found out I'm still lacking 50. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it's like, do I want to buy another box on eBay to see if I can get some more of those 50? And and I, I figured, okay, so back in 96, I said, I bought a box. And I just thought, and that's why I thought recently, it's like, oh, you know what? I'll just buy a second box and then I'll fill in my holes. No, out of this 300, 310 card set, I still am missing 50 cards <laughs> by opening two boxes. <laughs> you know you're going to do it. You know you're going to buy more. Well, I'm, I'm going to figure out, well, I'm going to sit there and investigate a, see if there's a more a better way of doing this. Normally you could just go by the individuals, but nobody has individuals of these cards from 25 years ago right. from a, you know, from a defunct collectible card game on, on eBay or anywhere. So now I'm just like, ah. but I'll figure it out somehow. <laughs> yeah. You know, you won't be happy until you got those other 50 cards. No, 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 no. It, it keeps me up at night. Any developments on the pulp magazine front? Nope. I keep my eye out out there, and everything I see is still on eBay, and I refuse to buy them off eBay. I need to, I need to find them at yard sales or some local auctions or estate sales or something, but or buy them for my LCS. But that that just seems to defeat the purpose of it. Right. I, you know, I, I want to find them in the wild somehow. I'm, I'm. And it's not cooperating with me. Right. Well, gosh, I don't know. Keep at it, I guess. Yeah, so this whole pulp thing is not turning out to be as easy as I thought it was going to be. Well, it's a challenge. A challenge for you to get on top of. Because I believe in you. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> oh, and boy, I started salivating the other day when Eric tweeted out, you know, when they reopen, how many more boxes they're going to have of back issue comics? Like over 100 long boxes additional. So, what are you saying? Are you going to have to make a trip to Wisconsin this summer? Uh, yeah, that would work out. Uh, that would be real popular with my <laughs> wife. And I kind of think that whatever I found. Well, wouldn't she want to visit the mental institution? Um, yeah, she might. She probably would want me to visit the mental institution, but. I th- I'm pretty certain that any deals that I found, discounts, would probably be offset by the airfare of getting Oh, that. I don't know. They might pay you to fly right now. <laughs> well, that's another thing, if you can even get on. I'm not sure that going to buy comic books would be considered essential flight. It all depends on how you present it. That is true. What else? Uh, nothing. Just kind of wondering if uh, we're going to get college football either this fall. That's starting to look dicey. And some of the ideas they're coming up with are crazy. I heard one that somebody was talking about for the college football. Not having it in the fall, have a shortened season in like February, March, and April. and But then trying to go back to the regular fall schedule in 2021. So essentially you'd have two college football seasons in 2021. A short one in the spring and then the regular one in the fall. And I'm thinking, I don't think, how can you do that? How could you possibly do that? But yes, we may we may be without college football, which will not be good for me. But I know you would miss it. But on the other hand, you won't have to coordinate all of those watching parties for the University of Tennessee what? alums in St. Louis. Don't you oh, do that? It's, there's the, yeah, there's no coordination for that. It's just like, it's a home game. Here's what time it is. Show up 30 minutes early at this location. Okay. It is not that difficult. Okay. Well, good then. Not that difficult at all. That's all I had, really. Yeah, I think that's all I got also. All right, then. Well, then, you've been listening to Best of the Rest. If you would like to tweet the show with questions or comments, it's at BOTR Comics. You can reach me at JForgets. 
And I'm an UT engineer. And we will see you next time.